Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo, with my guy, L. Uh, we got a special guest for you guys today. Um, if you guys are new to Two Cents FC, each week we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world, and I'll be giving my thoughts from the perspective of a pro soccer player. Uh, this week we'll be discussing the return of MLS play, promotion relegation in the Premier League, and the greatest kit of all time. Uh, I missed the memo. Everyone else is wearing kits except for me. But without further ado, let me introduce Grego from For the Culture podcast, uh, For the Culture brand, For the Culture platform. Uh, I just want to go out and say thank you so much for what you guys do. I mean, you guys really changed the game in terms of uh, media, content, and what you guys are doing. Uh, shameless plug for the for the culture. So with that being said, um, give us the rundown of how it all started. Give us some backstory to you as a person and your team. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we actually kind of joke as far as like what for the culture is. I I, I joke as a syndicate. Like we we kind of just dabble into a whole lot of stuff. But uh, of course, our our main thing is the podcast. We've been doing that for. Uh, just under two years now. It'll be two years in October. Um, yeah, basically the the purpose about uh, what that is, talking about the intersection of black soccer and black, black culture and, and soccer. And uh, basically, what how we got into that uh, after the first season of Atlanta United, uh, you know, a lot of people started coming to me as far as just kind of getting my opinion. I was coming on podcasts just like this, and what I came to realize was that there really weren't a lot of black voices here in America talking soccer like that. And after, you know, kind of doing my due diligence, I was like, well, why not us? You know, uh, yeah, me, uh, my, my co-hosts, uh, Tony Carter, TK, Rashad Kane, like we, uh, all kind of just collected over, over time and really turned this into something that, I, I I think I'm, I'm very proud of, and I think that just going from my my background, like honestly, I was never a, I was never a huge soccer fan, but I always followed it. Like I followed MLS from pretty much day one, but I didn't really get into like my current fandom until like the, after the 06 World Cup, and I kind of just went down rabbit hole and just kept on digging, and it led me to you know to Atlanta. It led me to Atlanta United. It led me to Florida Culture. Led me here to you guys. No I respect, and I, uh, I'm overmatched today. I got two Arsenal fans. I'm sorry, two oh, Atlanta. Oh, 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 no, I, had to, I, had, I had to fix that. that. <laughs> two two today's, Atlanta fans. Today's PSG, but usually I'm I'm, I'm United. Okay, respect. Hey, congrats on the game today. Um, thank you, thank you. I want to ask you, like, because like with for the culture, and I keep you know shamelessly plugging it, you know. Soccer in America is not as big for the African-Americans, but it's starting to make that shift. You know, you've seen, yeah. you know, NFL, NBA guys, you know, going overseas during the offseason. You got Kevin Durant and James Harden investing in MLS clubs. Um, it's, it, you, you can see the potential there. From your take, like, where do you see it going? Um, uh, not to be cliche, but course especially with our community the sky's the limit mainly because a lot of teams still aren't marketing to the black community like i i just did a an article 
uh, the for an article that's supposed to come out in the athletic. And that was one of the big things that I still get on now, as far as like what Atlanta United is doing now. Cause like, even for the amount of black fans that come to United games, they still don't necessarily market to the black community. Like what w- the growth that's come from, from the fan base here is mainly, mainly been word of mouth and mainly just providing a, uh, an attractive product. And I think that I'm still waiting on other teams and other markets to realize like, oh, snap, like if if they do nothing else, if they provide a decent product, you know, people will, will come to it instead of just wondering, okay, if we win, people will show up, but it doesn't work like that. You still have to do some type of marketing. But I do think that with every team, if they just get over their fears and just say, hey, we want this demographic as well, um, only good can come from can come from it. No, exactly. And I still have yet to go to an Atlanta game, but when I watch guys, well, Nagby's on Columbus, when I, but when I saw you guys, Miles Robinson, Nagby, it just means a lot for that community. When you go to a game or you watch on TV and you see players that, you know, look like you, that I don't want to say play like you, but play like you and people you can relate to. It just makes all the difference. And Absolutely. you guys, you guys do a great job of supporting. And it's not just, you know, soccer fans like Grego and L, but you guys, you guys get some superstars there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I mean, obviously Atlanta has a lot of, a lot of culture, so to speak, no pun intended, um, here in the city. And I think that with the uh, golden spike that, that takes place here, it definitely leads for a lot of opportunity that, uh, to bring out those celebrities and, and get them exposure to get laid at a product. Um, I know some, some of the other MLS teams have done something similar um, to kind of kind of have the same type of rub, but um, like we still, you know, we uh, there's so there's so many celebrities that that live here just in general, not to mention just the people who are important to Atlanta history. That I think that it it definitely only enhances the the platform, enhances the profile. No, that's what it's all about. And, you know, we talk about like on the field, the on the field product, how we can make it better on the field for, you know, African-Americans, black Americans. Um, But from a media standpoint, I know me and Elle were talking off record, uh, sharing some information. There's there's a media discrepancy when it comes to, you know, black media and soccer. So um, from your perspective, you know, what are some plans that you guys have moving forward? Obviously, you guys are one of the leaders. You know, you got Black Arrow. You got us coming right behind you guys with Two Cents FC. Um, there's okay. more and more uh, the Plantain Show with uh, our boy uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where do you see it going, and how do you think that we can kind of continue to, you know, push this lane? Um, it's just funny because I actually had a, another uh, conference call a couple weeks back, kind of discussing the same thing. <laughs> He's tapped and, in, <laughs> and it's it's interesting because. I try not to look at it from at least a black perspective, at least not as of yet, as far as with horticulture specific, because I feel like we're still relatively new and we're still kind of gaining our, our footing. But at the same time, I do think that we've been around long enough to where uh, I do want to take our platform and 
at least give, if not fans, the the platform. I I want to give players the the platform because I feel like one thing that does not get enough exposure is just the voices of the players. You know, like like of course we had we had you on um on the show last year and you know just giving that perspective as far as what you guys see as compared to like how we as fans interpret it goes a long way. And I, I think that American soccer as a whole doesn't do a good enough job of just exposing the voice of the players. Like I, I, I made a comparison a few weeks back, like how the profile of the NFL was largely built through NFL films. And I'm like, there's no real equi- equivalent to from for MLS or USL. Like that's something that, is badly needed as far as if you want to tell the story of American soccer, you need to, you know, get the the voices of players, get the voices of the coaches, like get them out there and actually say like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll go into a little bit later, but like with the Black Players for Change, like that's something I think that is huge for, you know, expanding on that story. Because I think that obviously it's, it's it's been taboo for obvious reasons, but at the same time, like, the, the plight of the black athlete, especially the black soccer athlete, because that in itself is a major yeah. <laughs> trick in itself. Like, I think that that's something that needs to be told. No, uh, you hit the nail on the head. And that's something me and Elle have talked about multiple times. And I uh, just want to thank you um, for being one of the vehicles that will continue to lead that charge. And you were very experienced in the podcast because you led to a perfect segue to our topics. So, L, take us through it. <laughs> all right. Well, as you all know, you know, the MLS tournament just kicked off. So, the MLS is back tournament kicked off yesterday with Orlando City versus Inter Miami. And this morning with NYFC and Philadelphia Union. So, last night, as you mentioned, Greg, the Black Players Coalition organized an eight minute and 46 second moment of silence before the game, uh, bringing Black players and coaches from around the league onto the field in a show of solidarity. Um, and today, each pl- each player on the Philadelphia Union's roster wore the name of a black person slain at the hands of the police in place of their names on the back of their jerseys. Um, in addition to that, um, just some MLS's back tournament news, FC Dallas and Nashville have had to drop out of the tournament due to COVID. And as a result, the Chicago Fire have to move into Group A, um, from Group A along into Group B, along with Seattle Sounders, San Jose Earthquakes, and Vancouver Whitecaps. So, um, Let's circle back to the Black Players Coalition and the demonstration before the first game last night. Yeah, for me, first and foremost, um, if there's not another game played in the MLS Backers Tournament, I would consider it a success because of that, um, of what happened and how the players came together and really took a stand. And it was funny because people were like, eight minutes and 46 seconds is a long time. And it really put into perspective, like, yeah, exactly. Like, this is not a game. So there's more to life than, um, you know, soccer. And obviously, you know, not only the black players, but every player in this front office and the coaches and the, um, all the other stakeholders at play are risking their lives to play, but um, to, to spend that time, to spend all, like to get together and do that, it, it was the tournament's a success um, in my opinion, regardless of how it continues. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, that was a, 
a remarkable moment in itself, uh, not just for, uh, you know, black athletes, I think for just sports in America in general, uh, especially here in America, because we've seen the demonstrations in, in Europe um, with their football leagues. And I think the, the biggest question was, will the American leagues go as hard as they've been going um, overseas? And I, I would definitely say, at least as far as MLS goes, they they met that and, and exceeded it. Like, it's one of those moments where you, 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 you rarely ever have all those many players in one place at one time during the season, like rarely at all. And sure. so that was a moment to where we're all here together. We're all able to stand together and make a statement. And, and they did that. And going to the, um, the demonstration today by, by the union, like, I think that was, that was amazing. And cause I, I of course, you, you always have like what you can do as a league, but at the same time, the, the teams are still individuals and they, and they can still, you know, decide to do their own thing. And I think that them making uh, that uh, that statement was 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 great as well. Like it's, I, I would think for for a league perspective, that like this been a, a great twenty four hours. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and shout out to Ray Gaddis, Warren Craval, Mark McKenzie. You know, Philly Philly has done a great job. I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to see their, um, you know, MLS's back promo vid, um, but for them to do that in addition to you know recognizing the names of the black individuals that have been slain, uh, and I I feel like they got more in the tank. So um, I feel like it's going to spark them um, and carry over to their play on the field too because. I feel like they've come together and found a bigger perfect purpose than just playing soccer. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm interested to see what other teams um, do something similar. You know, we've only had two games so far, so interested to see who else um, or what other players opt to, you know, replace their name on their jersey. Yeah, and to touch on what you said, Grego, because when I was watching the game yesterday, I I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't listening first, so mm -hmm. I saw all these players. I was like. Where I thought that's what is going on? They're not supposed to have ball boys, and because everyone was wearing the mask. And then I turned the sound. On, I was like, "Oh, yo, this is oh yeah, respect. yeah." It was yeah, it was it was it was it was really cool to see. Cool. And speaking of that, um, let's touch on FC Dallas and Nashville. Like it was almost I hate to say it was perfect, but it's almost perfect that two teams had to drop out. Kind of evens the uh, the playing field a little bit more, or the evens the groups out a little bit more. Um, what do y'all think about the fact that these teams didn't necessarily handle business in their market and now they can't participate in the tournament? Um, we actually talked about that during this week's episode. Um, I, I, I still question that they'll be able to, to make it all the way through to, to August because like I've already, I've heard from like, um, friends of mine that are down there in the Orlando area, like the bubble isn't as solid as people think, you know, like they're able, like people are still able to get relatively close to where the players are. And, uh, and of course you never know, like you're talking about grown, grown men who are, you know, got, it's, it's funny because I saw Steve A. Smith kind of get, kind of <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Like you got needs, and, 
Yeah, you got to, you're in Florida, it's, it's, it's summertime, it's hot girl summer, like you got to figure out, like, hey, we just need you here for a month. After the month, so we'll, we'll, we'll reassess things and kind of go from there, but I just don't know if, if they'll be able to, to make, make it through. I mean, because like some of the players, I think they tested positive after they got to Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, I, I just, I hope for the best, but at the same time, if whether it's people who are kind of coming from their home markets or just people just from Florida in itself, it's a hot mess. And I'm just like, if, if if they get to August 11th, it'll be an absolute miracle. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, if you just take it for what it is, uh, whether they got it in their home state or in Florida, the fact that they're all there together, this is that's rarely happened. So, like, say you have a player from one team who's cool with the boy on another team, and like this is this is their chance to get together. So that alone, I'm not sure the protocol, and you know, I'm not gonna be snitching. And then from, from, the, uh, from the food standpoint, Florida has good food. Like, they're not going to be eating the hotel food. Day in, I, day I sure out. hope not. I sure hope not. <laughs> and then if you think of it, for the example, like the Orlando players, like, you want me to stay in a hotel when I live there? And my wife is like, no, nah, my kids are right there. They're going to find a way to sneak out. And sometimes their boys are going to come with them because they just, that's just how it is. They're gonna be like, yo, make a make a public run for me, man. Like, go, go do this real quick. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's 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 impossible to keep. Even like like when we were younger and we like we would be at camps, like youth national team camps or like regional camps and stuff. We couldn't even stay in the hotels. We would sneak to the gas station just to get out, just to get out because, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be real interesting. And like that Stephen A. thing, like he wanted to say exactly what we're talking about without yeah. saying it. Yeah. And, yeah. Nah. Florida don't listen as is, so the exactly. I feel like if they if they had done their due diligence, they would they probably would have tried to do probably would have went out to Utah with the women <laughs> and be like, hey, at least if nothing else, there's nothing to do out here. All we gotta do is play ball and yeah. and and we'll get through <laughs> this with no problem. Because you haven't heard anything for the women since since the tournament started. Like they've been good, so. That's I, true. I, yeah. I said, we I mean, always hope for the best in Orlando. But it is eighteen ver- eight teams versus twenty-four teams, so it's a lot easier to control eight teams. You know, yeah. you only got to worry about one field, everything like that. But even the bubbles, like NBA versus MLS, like the MLS got the short end of the stick. Like I'm seeing inside of the NBA bubble, and it's looking kind of cushy over there. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm even hearing it, I'm, I'm even hearing that they have access to some, you know, Disney World rides and stuff like that. So. And money talks. They put money, in, they put money on this, so they they get a little bit, a little bit extra. <laughs> yeah, money talks. And like to speak to your point, yeah, the you know, NWSL versus MLS. Like, I think we talked about it a couple episodes back. Like, MLS could have done the regionalized model, like where like West Coast go to Phoenix and Midwest goes to like Kansas City, and then you know the the East goes to Florida, but or Dallas, but just budgets and different things like that. You know, no one could have prepared for this moment and. Um, they're making they're making do with what they with what they have, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so moving along from MLS, you know, we've been watching Premier League. They've already started back up. Their season's actually about to wrap up. Um. So with that said, you know, there's teams going down. There's teams coming up. 
Um, so as, as the Premier League's approaching this season in Liverpool has obviously locked up the title, um, but the FA Cup is still in play. <laughs> um, so who do you think has a shot at securing that? We got we got United, we got Arsenal, I think City. Who else? Who's the other team? Don't forget my team in there. Oh, Chelsea. So Thank you. Please. <laughs> it's the final four, right? Uh-huh. Semi's coming I mean, up. Don't you consider, like, we, we were talking about this during the episode as well, like, Pulisic's been on the money since yeah. uh, since the restart. Like, you can I tell he was working. Like, between him and Bruno Fernandez, like, those have basically been the best players in the, in the league since the restart. And I'm not sure uh, what uh, Pulisic has been doing, you know, was doing, like, during during the shutdown, but he definitely came back with a laser focus and confidence on 100, and he plays like that. And, like, because it's funny because, like, of course, it came out that uh, when uh, Timo Werner's um, coming over uh, next season, and they kind of left a question mark as far as where that leaves Pulisic because you still have Tammy Abraham, um, you have a pretty solid attack, all, all considering. I'm like, Pulis is making his making taking his claim. Like, yeah, you're not getting rid of me. Like, exactly. this this is my spot. No, I, I really respect it. You know, and this is he's he's made it he's made it known he's made it known that like he's willing to work. He's willing to work hard for his position, and I think it's important that you know young Americans see that because usually you'd see like, all right, I want to get traded or I want to get loaned out or I want to figure out a way to move but he's like a true example of no like I'm here to stay I'm here to prove myself and as a Chelsea fan get Willian out of there get Pedro out there out of there we got the young guns coming now you know Pulisic, Werner, Zihich, uh, Abraham, hudson Adoy. even got the young English dudes too I'm, ex- I'm excited I'm excited but I will say those away kids look like pajamas <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't I don't know it's a, hey if the sponsor's willing to pay, we we do what they want. <laughs> so, do you think Liverpool is going to beat the all-time record? You think they get that? You think they're focused enough? Um, I mean, there's enough games to where they should be able to do that. Um, I I, I think from my perspective, my my thing would be just go ahead and start looking ahead towards next season. You know, start. Course, you still want to get your your mainstays regular action but at the same time start looking at you know get some kids some uh, some action see like who might be able to uh be worthy of getting more time going into next year because it's not like it's not like you're gonna have a lot of uh off time that's true yeah. in the next year and i'm like Champions League starts back in august correct exactly yeah. and you're gonna need time to refresh your uh, your roster and that probably is going to mean extending your depth so go ahead and play some kids and figure out okay hey this is a guy I might be able to look at going into next year because of course with next year kind of being the schedule can be all funky to begin with uh, you want to basically put yourself in the, in the position where your depth isn't stretched out and that that means like look at what you already have and, and go from there so obviously you're a Man U fan. Do you give an Liverpool an asterisk for the season because of the restart? Or I mean, I, I, mean, I give them an asterisk on principle, so that's just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, I mean, they 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 earned it. You know, they 
they definitely did their thing. I probably say if I did give them an asterisk, it'd just be for the fact that you had a, you had a season this good and didn't win a trouble. So mm-hmm. I know I know who did, but you know that's it is what it is. <laughs> right. And we can't leave L out. There's an Arsenal fan in here, you know, preparing for Europa. And they going to beat it. So there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want Europa League to be honest. Like we need to just focus on the league next year. Like we don't need no no European distraction. <laughs> so, so but, but we, we're, we're playing well though. We're playing well right now. Like I'm, I'm happy with the way we're playing. Um, tough break against uh, Leicester. Yeah, against Leicester. Um, yeah. Jimmy Vardy cheating ass, <laughs> cheating all game. We got no calls until the end. Um, but I'm happy with the way we're playing. Um, I feel like we've bounced back. I feel like the team is happy. The team is playing well. Um, Arteta has us on the right track. We just need to get the right people in. Um, so we. Okay. Need, need money to spend. You know what I'm saying? Is homeboy staying or he's leaving? Who? Obama Yang? Yeah, Obama Yang. No, uh, I think Obama Yang is re-signing. Oh. I think I think Lacazette might might end up leaving. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. It's, 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 it's time for the young boys. You know what I mean? We got Inkedia. Yeah. We got, in, in we got uh, um, Martinelli. Saka just signed a new contract. Yep, Saka. Saka signed a new contract. We got uh, Tierney. At right back, doing well. Then we got um, William Saliba coming in from um, St. Etienne. So I know we got a youth movement. We got a youth movement, kind of similar to Chelsea, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it is. Let's get, we got to get some more people in here. We need a good um, a good defensive mid. Looking at Thomas Party. We've been looking at um. Yo, I, I want him. Uncle Makano. I want him bad. Like that. Like he's a beast. Like yeah. I've been watching the, the few games I watched at Atletico play this year. I'm like. That dude's money. It seems like the African boys love Arsenal, though. The, the Ghanaian and Nigerian boys love Arsenal. No, no matter what our form is, like, it's like the, their father's dream to play for us. So hopefully we could, we could bag them, you know what I mean? Who knows? Who knows? So how you guys feel about, like, the English, like, the young stars coming out of England? Like, this is like, if I'm an English fan, I'm like, this is the most excited I, I, I've been in a while. With Sterling leading the charge, you got Greenwood, you got Rashford, young boys in the midfield, some center backs coming out. It's uh, it's, it's an interesting time, I think, because I think that like, like if you go back to the World Cup 2018 when they made their semifinal run, you can start you can start seeing the signs even then that they're definitely on the verge of probably their best generation in probably 30 years. Like, I, I put this well over the Beckham, Gerard, Terry uh, generation. Like, you have, because the biggest thing there is that there's a there's a certain type of hunger there. There hasn't yeah. been there in a, in a while. That's and true. I think that as long as uh, Gareth Southgate, you know, I, I still question if Harry Kane is the right answer up front. I nah, think I that I, I, I just don't think he's a, a big game striker like that. Like he gives you game. Like he's like a, a glorified Wanda. If, 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 <laughs> if for American fans who get that. Yeah. I'm like, like he'll, he'll get you goal. He'll get you goals in games that don't matter. But when you need a game, a goal against Croatia in the semis. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you saw what happened last year in the Champions League final against Liverpool. Like, of course, they, I think they rushed them um, far too soon as far as far as to start. But again, no goals. Yeah, so, he don't got that dog factor for me. He don't got that dog in him. Right. 
And I think that you got to figure out who's going to lead the way up front. I'm not sure if it's going to be Rashford because I think they're still, United's still kind of bouncing back and forth between playing them on the wing and up front. Uh, you um, you have uh, Abraham. Of course, he might end up on the wing as well. Like, you need to figure out what's going to be the answer up top. And once you do that, I think there's enough pieces in place to where uh, with the Euros getting pushed to next year, there's and with and also with the Euro finals taking place in Wembley, that I would be stunned if they don't at least make another semifinal run, if not make it to the finals. Yeah, I'm gonna be excited about that. I might go to Vegas and put that bet down. Would they let us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Who knows? Uh, Speaking so. of young players, though. Um, Obviously, every year in the Premier League, there's, there's three teams that get relegated, right? So right now, at the bottom of the table, we have Aston Villa, Burnmouth, and Norwich, um, who are looking like they're on their way down to the championship. So this is a perfect time to pick off some of their top-performing players. Um, so who would you want to see in your squad from those three teams? Uh, repeat them again. Aston Villa, uh, Bournemouth, and Norwich. Okay. Oh, I, I already know my, my guy. Uh, uh, Nathan Aki uh, from uh, Burma. Yeah. That's, that's all like, I, was I was gonna go ahead and to former the, Chelsea boy. The, the rude gullet look like, um, like he, yeah, because it's, it's funny because they just had an article to come out the other day where Solskjaer saying that uh, we have seven center backs. So I'm like, how many of those seven are we really relying on right now? And I definitely think that given his age, like, you definitely want to get uh, find that consistent uh, center back partner for McGuire. And I think that he could definitely be that guy. He's a left-footed, strong guy. And he's definitely got the speed that McGuire lacks. Like if you saw, um, uh, I forgot which game it was last week where McGuire just got burned for, for a goal. Like you definitely need someone to basically cover behind him in case he gets smoked. So I would definitely go for him, of course. I've seen the rumors about Grealish as well. Um, I, I like him, but at the same time, I, I think we're good in attack. Like, I, I don't see a real necessary need to, you know, go after him. Like, we have, we already have options, and they're, and they're clicking now. So we'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if y'all want him, yeah, y'all, y'all go ahead and get him. But I'll, I'll take. Trying I, to run Ozil off, so we'll take him. He needs him. <laughs> Uh, I like I like Pookie from Norwich. I mean, selfishly for Chelsea, don't think we need him, but he'd definitely be like someone off the bench, like with the talent around him. He would definitely, you know, get some assists, get some goals. Uh, Nathan Ake, that's a great pick. Um, the way Zuma is like so wishy-washy, I would take Nathan back um, over him for sure. Um, Maybe not for Chelsea, but the, the forward, he just scored today, uh, but they called it back on Bournemouth. Big boy. Mm. Um, what are you talking about? I said, it's not Wilson, but well, it's... I'm going Blake as well, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Someone's just, just come in late, brew some bodies, you know, maybe like a cold, rainy night in Stoke. You need to put them in instead. Uh, that's who, that's who, that's the someone I would, I would get as well. Yeah, so I mean that's who that's who I would pick. It's going to be really interesting because they, I mean they do have a potential to stay up depending on who ends up being that that seventeenth or sorry that eighteenth spot. Yeah, another kid I like is a uh, Cantwell from Norwich. I think think he's a good creator. Um, and when I originally wrote this question out, 
uh, West Ham was in in the relegation zone, and I was thinking that uh, looking at uh, Declan Rice as well. Yeah, I do like him. I do like yeah. him. He's a good young player. Yeah, his game is nice. Cool. So obviously, there's teams that need to come up as well. So we have Leeds and West Brom look like they're locked. Um, but then there's also this playoff coming up with Brentford, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, and Cardiff. Potentially, we'll we'll see how it um how it ends out. But as it stands now, it's it's them four in the potential playoff spot. Um, so who do you see if any of those teams were to come up, um, doing well and actually staying up for the next couple of years? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Probably Leeds. If Fulham gets up just because they have history there, but I, I think they go right back down, to be honest. It's just it's well overdue for Leeds to get back in the top flight because for those who who don't um, know their history, like they used to be pretty much like the end-all, be-all in yeah. the first division of England. And when they went to administration and basically had to, had to uh, get relegated, like, Pretty much, they've been out of sight, out of mind for like the past twenty or so years, and I think that having them back up top just for historical purposes would be would be great. Um, and hopefully, they'd be able to you know reestablish a lot of uh, old school rivalries uh, with that. And you know, hopefully, uh, uh, we we so I, I definitely have a soft spot for Fulham. Uh, given given their history with American players, but uh, but yeah, I, I definitely want to see uh, Leeds get up there so we can beat up on them some more. Yeah, I've, there's something to be said about those historic clubs being in the Premier League. You know, obviously with the relegation and promotion, um, that's what it's all about. But there's something to be said when like a Leeds is in the Premier League. You know, playing a Man U, playing an Arsenal, playing these teams that are, you know, there's some history there. So. I, w- I would love to see him in there as well. Fulham, obviously, you know, have have them sign a couple of Americans again. Uh, but and then, uh, not even for us, for us as well. Like they they got a history as well. Like they used to be uh, European Cup champions. Like I did. There's definitely a lot, a lot of clubs down there in the championship that definitely have the pedigree and the history. It was like, oh, like this actually might be something worth watching even if they might get smoked it's just the fact that hey Leeds United versus Manchester United Leeds versus uh Arsenal Forest versus Liverpool like that's the kind of stuff that if, if you know your history like that that would be yeah. uh, incredible to see and I know NBC's gonna make some great content around that if they yeah NBC's killing it when it comes to that stuff as long as yep. they don't put it on Peacock sorry let me not go off topic. Let me not go off topic. <laughs> there's, there's, there's too many streams, man. Like it's getting on my nerves now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I agree. I think Leeds would probably stay up. Um, I like Bielsa's style, that full court press, like the whole game. But I don't know how sustainable that'll be at the next level. Um, you got to get players who are fit and who who can kind of handle that. And I don't know if like his players may be fit, but I don't know skill wise. They they're at the level of you know, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get if they get promoted, they're gonna get some Premier League money. So he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get some he's gonna get some yeah. pieces. Just gotta be smart with it, you know. Like we we've seen, you know, Leicester's a pretty much the end all be all example is that if you if you have if you build a smart roster and you have the right management in place, that 
you can definitely compete and you know, perhaps even get up to a top four or, or a win the league. And, you know, if you don't, like I said, if, if you build up, it could happen. It's just some, a lot, in a lot of cases, you are just worried about staying up instead of trying to figure out a way, like, how can we actually compete to win and stick to it? Because, like, even, like, in Lester's case, they had that year where they went down a bit, and then they kind of figured out their footing, and now you see, like, they're fighting for top four again. Yeah, definitely. So, speaking of leagues, um, as a classic club, you know, there's always a, a kind of fascination with kids, right? So the ESPN um, recently put out an article of the 101 greatest kits of all time. Um, so they took into account um, national teams as well as clubs um, and home, away, and third alternates um, had their own individual merit. Um, so and on this list, it's 101, so I'm not going to run down all of them. Um, the number one kit was the 1990 through 1992 Stamp Doria home kit. Um, and some notables on that list um, that I kind of pulled out at number 98 was the 2011-2012 Real Madrid away kit. That was all black with the gold. gold okay. trim. Yeah, um, and number 66, the 1999 Chicago Fire home kit. Um, number 29, the 94 USA away kit, the denim joint. Um, and number seven, the 91 through 93 Arsenal away kit, the bruised banana. And at number two, the 85-86 Napoli home kit, the one uh, that your boy uh, Maradona made famous. Um, <laughs> so what are y'all's favorite kits of all time? I just want to come in and say I'm upset that Nigeria's home kit 2018 World Cup's only at 50. I'm looking at the list right That's now. Hard. That's uh, That was a game changer. And kit culture um, is really big in soccer, and I hope they continue to um, continue to build it out. I mean, you guys are both wearing kits. I feel like it's like the one thing, you know, in the States there, you like, there's a time where people were wearing like football jerseys and then like throwback NBA jerseys, but those were like trends. Whereas kits, soccer kits, you can wear them. It's, it's never going to go out of style. So if we can continue to grow that, and like you said, no pun intended, for the culture, do these type of things, um, that's how soccer grows. Um, I'll give you a, a quick top five for me. Um, most of them are, are fairly recent. Um, the, the, my number one's, uh, the Netherlands home kit from 2014. Absolutely love it. They went back to their classic lines of going to, uh, the robo lines that they had, which they had like for most of the odds or OOs, however y'all want to call it. Um, uh, second is, the Flamingo uh, 2014 uh, home shirt. They um, Germany actually mimicked their um, the Flamingo look going into the, um, that World Cup that year. Like we have an inside joke uh, for the culture called uh, "Pop a collar for justice." Has a nice <laughs> collar, all that shit. Like that's yeah, I love it. Um, I have a actually. I'm not that crazy about the denim USA kit. I actually like the stripe kit from that from that year in '94. Like if you go back to it, like it actually works out pretty well. Of course, a lot of people 
love the Waldos from um, about 10 years ago. And, and I think that the USA look should definitely alternate between vertical and horizontal. Just, you know, depending on the year, which one you want to do doesn't really matter. Um, I think the best uh, MLS kit of all time is probably – I still have a soft spot for the original DC United kits with the big honking Adidas stripes on the front. Of course, MLS is, like, basically doing the same thing this year with the big stripes over the shoulder. But um, that one, it just – it is – for some reason, it is it is fits. And, um, and then I'll give you my favorite club – uh, Man United kid is um, from oh, the 0709 ones, the one they won uh, the Champions League with. It's clean. Like, you can't beat it. Um, like, that one is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a pretty good list. That's a pretty good list. Uh, MLS kits, I like the throwback KC one, like with all the colors. That one's pretty cool. Um, Bias, the bias opinion um, with the Philadelphia Union throwback ode to Bethlehem Steel. Oh, uh, yeah. cold. I got like, I kept like three of them jerseys. That's, yeah. Those are so cold. Yeah. Um, Either way, uh, just ship one of those down here. Then. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Croatia 98. Uh, that's just like a soft spot because yeah. I used to play uh, FIFA, uh, World Cup 98 on like the Nintendo. And that, their jerseys always just stuck out to me. Uh, 94 through 96 Nigeria Golden Generation jerseys. Whew. With the, uh, I was like, I don't know how to, to describe it, but those jerseys for me uh, do it. Um, and then I like, it's probably, it's not going to be my, my, like my fifth pick, but a jersey I like is like the Pala uh, Palermo, the pink one. They got, they rank top mm. 20. Uh, they rank top 20 on the list. Um, those jerseys were so cool. Um, but there's so many, like, so many good jerseys, like Columbia's in the last World Cup. Like, I could wear that out. Uh, PSG. That's always, that's always an interesting thing there because, like, you have some uh, jerseys that they look good on the kit, but then if you can't really wear them casually. Then, of course, you have the other way around where, like, you can, like, you can style up like crazy, yeah. like, on, on the streets, but on a, on a pitch, you're like, uh, that doesn't <laughs> Exactly. So, it's interesting. Um, oh, and, and, and a quick note on the on the pink. Can Inter Miami fix their pink, please? Like that is bugging me to know it. <laughs> it's crazy because they have so many like cool jersey designers out there, and people just they wait like they just don't want to hire them. Like shout out to my boy LBF Liberty Football Aboon. Y'all need to get connected with him. He'll hook your jersey up. Um, but that's a that's a good point. Inter needs to fix that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, my um, my soccer history doesn't run as deep as you two. Um, I started watching like around twenty eleven ish. Um, so that's not, bad. that's not bad. So bias wise, my my favorite Arsenal kit is the one I'm wearing today from the 2012-2013 season, the away kit. Um, as far as MLS goes, I've always kind of been partial to. DC, I like with I like what Kansas City was doing with like the um the various designs they have on their kits. Um and uh Seattle Sounders was another one that like I really like when they had the Xbox Xbox across the front. 
I forget what year it is, but it was one that was just super dope. I think it was like all black with the uh, the boat. Like was that, that the old, was that 2014 one? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. They had so many years of the color scheme, so yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. They had like one year. They had like a highlighter yellow, like a alternate kit, and I was like, that thing. You could you could catch that one miles away, like. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bright. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Bright. And of course, the Nigeria kit from the last World Cup. Yeah, that was so cool. I just can't wait for them to, to put up the 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 new one. Is they're supposed to be coming out like that one? <sighs> oh yeah, that one. Yeah, is, that one is hard. That, too. One, that, one, that one's real hard. Um, they have all my money, all of <laughs> If we can get our hands on one. Yeah, it's like, they already got a few orders. That's the thing, though, because, like, because of the pandemic, like, a lot of kit releases got pushed back, and, like, a lot of them are happening this month. So for, for y'all out there, if y'all are looking for these jerseys to start coming out, like, it's going to be July, August, September. Like, a lot of them are going to be coming out. So get your money right. Get your money right. <laughs> Speaking of kits too, um, NWSL came hard this year with the kits. Um, yeah, the uh, Portland Portland uh, Thorns kit is the hardest to me so yeah, far. They always, they always they always do it. They always do it right. Um, Louisville's new team. I think that I like their jersey scheme. I like the designer behind it. Uh, L, you posted it on the on the page, mm-hmm. and I just feel like they should just give people free free lanes. Like I know obviously Adidas is a big sponsor for MLS, but as long as Adidas is on the jersey, just let them rock out how they want to rock out. It's it's always a a, a tricky deal, especially here in America, where it seems like the trend is to do one brand for all the teams and like let this open this thing up and let you know get a handful of teams do Nike, a handful of teams do Adidas, a handful of teams do Puma, and everybody else you know kind of, kind of get in where they fit in. But it, embrace that diversity because I think that. Here's what here's what I think happens that always annoys me is that you can have one team who has a very dope design, but and it's and you know that it's made just for them, but then you see another team who basically copies the same scheme and it just it takes away from the uniqueness of the jersey and it's like you you want to lo- you love it but then you end up kind of falling out of love with it because everybody else is copying it too and that's. I said when when because like whether it's all Nike or all Adidas, I'm like no, just just open it up for everybody. Like I, I hope that within the next decade we can get to that to where the uh, teams can just express their own individuality and and uh, and everybody else ain't, ain't fighting it. So hopefully we'll get that. No I respect for sure. So let's move into our uh, my favorite, favorite segment. segment of the show. You know, <laughs> no card, yellow card, red card. Um, for those not familiar, this is a rapid fire segment of the show where um, I shoot off a question and we get the opinions of the guests, um, Moby or Greg and or Greg, um, on minor topics that are worth noting. So we'll jump right into it. So no card, yellow card, red card. Oh, before I go into it, Greg, I don't know if you're familiar. Um, so no card is like... Um, I'm cool with it. I agree. Yellow card is, eh, I can go either way. And red card is, I disagree. Like, I don't like it. You know, foul, you're off the field type situation. All right, so um, no card, yellow card, red card. MLS's new virtual stadium broadcast package. So 
Um, if you've been watching the MLS is back tournament, they have um, kind of a new broadcast package with uh, logos and everything kind of superimposed on the field, as well as this big kind of wall of advertisements um, in the back. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No card, yellow card, red card. That's the least yellow card. Just <laughs> like it, it, we we've got about it on, on our show a few times because of course we've seen what's the Bundesliga done, what EPL has done, and what La Liga has done. And I'm a big believer in, pre in presentation. And at least so far, of course, they've gone. You know, there's no crowd noise. Of course, it would have been weird because it's not like there's a lot of stands there to begin with. But I think that it's one of those things where. You want to put your best foot forward. I'm not sure if they're doing that. That that big ass Adidas sign on the on the um, on the pitch definitely ain't helping. But I'll give it at least a uh, yellow card. Of course, there's still time to kind of make adjustments, so I won't give them the full red just yet. But they're definitely going to warn. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just I just don't like anything taking my eye away from the product on the field, and that's what all these jumbo signs are doing. So I got to give it a yellow card, but obviously um, taking into account with everything going on, um, it's a it's a yellow and I'm going to let them get another a couple more fouls in before I. But they get credit for, like I said, of course, with all the Black Lives Matter uh, ads on the on the LED boards, like yeah. they do get credit for that. So like I said, yellow is good. I'll take yellow. Yeah. All right, cool. So no card, yellow card, red card. Journalist uh, Drew Hills, I can't breathe. Tweet in response to Inter Miami defender Andre Reyes' injury last night. So his tweet is, if um, you haven't seen it, this is a real I can't breathe moment, not one manufactured by the media. Yeah, that's a, that's a definitely red card. Like I, I saw that last night, and I was just like, it's it's just, it's, it's just very funny to me, like how, especially after everything that's been going on for the past over a month now, and it's one of those things like you need to read the room and see like what exactly is going on, and especially given the fact that a lot of these incidents are happening on camera, and if so, it's not like I find it very incredulous when people still try to act as though. This is just some made-up agenda. I'm like, this has been happening for decades and centuries, all considering. And like, we have a real opportunity to change this for the better. It might not be everything that we want right now. Of course, we still got an election to to address in November. So, message vote. <laughs> um, but th this guy here. Clearly, he doesn't get it. I saw the, um, I guess the the guy that he, the people that he was employed with, they went ahead and let him go. I'm like, that that type of that type of energy just does not help the the, the conversation at all. And it's best that he's not a part of it. Yeah, this is this is a definite red card. It's like red card with multiple games added on. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 not for the fact that he made the tweet because. Like you said earlier, like word to Joe Budden, read the room, but he doubled down on it. Yeah, he, he did. Doubled down on it. And then he even like is like like glorifying the fact that like he made more money in the past 
day or two days than the last four months because he was able to. And it's just like, yo, I don't know if you're trying to be funny or this how you really think, but there's no place for it like that. And um, and what's even worse about it is that there's been complaints complaints about him before, and nothing was done. So for him to expose himself, it's like almost like a thank you. Now we know for sure. Uh, we don't have to wait for any internal protocol. Like, bye. Um, but it's just it's it's just really crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the the, the outlet that, that he was working with, I'm pretty sure at 11:30 at night on a on a Wednesday they weren't thinking like you know what we might have to. No, let this guy go. Like they probably think, like, hey, we just want to enjoy enjoy this, enjoy this game, enjoy MLS's back, and then all of a sudden we gotta clean this stuff up. Like they, like nobody wants to deal with that stuff. Exactly. This it, is really crazy. Yeah, that's all I got for this week, though, guys. Nah, thank you so much, Grego, for coming on. Um, where can we find you? Like, oh uh, yeah, you can um, find for the culture on. Pretty much all the major platforms at FTCUTD. Um, if I can, just give a quick shout out. Uh, of course, uh, here in Atlanta, uh, there was a young girl that was shot over the weekend, Sequoia Turner. She was actually um, with the Soccer in the Streets program that um, my co-host is a director of. And um, on our socials, we have uh, information on how to contribute to her memorial fund. So a GoFundMe account, and um, you know, hopefully. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with um, her family this time. But yeah, of course, Instagram, Twitter, we we at, we managed to have a TikTok, but we don't post anything on there, but we're still there. But um, yeah, we, we try to have a good time. You know, we try to do our best to inform, spread love, and, you know, uh, and spread knowledge. Nah, and yeah, we'll definitely be sharing that information. Prayers up to her family and everyone else involved. Um, make sure you check out the socials. Um, I'm putting it on you to L and Grego Black Media Symposium next year, 2021. It was supposed a, to happen this year. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I'm, I, I'm very disappointed it didn't happen. But I'm hoping, you know, if everybody get their act right next year, it's it's on and popping, and we'll definitely be there. Yeah, next year we're making yep. it happen. Got to get so, in there for sure. So with that being said, that's our show for the week. Uh, subscribe. Wait, we... Uh oh. What you got? No, I, just, I thought I thought you were gonna cut it off for you uh, did the housekeeping. Oh, you, no, no. Let the people know where to find this. You know yeah, yeah. Uh, before <laughs> before we let you guys go, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Uh, follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. We everywhere where you get your news, content, gossip, soccer information. Check out our merch at Two Cents FC dot shop. Um, COVID Cup champs. Yeah, COVID Cup <laughs> champs. <laughs> Definitely. We, we got a special shirt for the MVP of the tournament, too, if you guys last that long. Uh, help It helps to support the show. Uh, L just sent me some prototypes for some scars we got coming out. Uh, you're going you're gonna to want to see those. And then tweet us your comments on the show, any topics you guys want us to discuss. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank Grego from For the Culture coming on. Uh, with that being said, we out. Peace.